Chapter Eighteen of the World's Lumber Room by Selina Gay. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Eighteen: Miscellaneous Refuse. What one generation neglects, wastes, even pays to get rid of, another finds to be valuable property, and a history of the utilization of refuse would be almost a history of civilization one of the most notable examples of the way in which the refuse of one generation makes the fortune of the next is to be found in the history of the gas companies when gas has been separated from coal there remains in the retort first solid coke which represents most of the carbon contained in the coal and is so hard as to be able to cut glass like its near relation the diamond secondly there is a certain amount of tarry matter and watery liquid the latter which is called gas water or ammonia water is a brownish liquid with a strong smell and yields salts of ammonia from which spirit of hartshorn is made but the coal tar previous to eighteen fifty six it was worth hardly a halfpenny a gallon in london while in the country the gas makers were glad to give it away yet now whereas nine million tons of coal at twelve shillings are worth but five million four hundred thousand pounds the waste products on this amount after the gas has been extracted are according to dr siemens actually worth eight million three hundred and seventy thousand pounds footnote nine million tons of coal at twelve shillings five million four hundred thousand pounds waste products on this amount colouring matter for dyes three million three hundred and fifty thousand sulphate of ammonia one million nine hundred and forty seven thousand pitch three hundred and sixty five thousand creosote two hundred and eight thousand carbolic acid one hundred thousand gas coke two million four hundred thousand pounds making a total of eight million three hundred and seventy thousand pounds End footnote the fact is that the coal tar which the gas makers were so anxious to get rid of at any price or no price has been discovered to contain many most valuable substances among which are the white crystalline acid called carbolic now universally used as a powerful disinfectant naphthalene which crystallizes in white pearly plates the colourless liquid called benzol and white waxy-looking paraffin all these are hydrocarbons and as we have already seen that the essential oils to which plants owe all their sweet scents are also compounds of carbon and hydrogen it may not surprise us to hear that the perfume of woodruff melilot tonquin bean and many others can be obtained from gas tar which also yields the peculiar odour of jargonelle pears used in flavouring cheap confectionery and oil of bitter almonds from benzol is obtained another colourless liquid called aniline which is now manufactured on a very large scale as when mixed with other things it produces the brilliant colours extensively used for dyeing silk woollens and other goods and for printing calicoes not long ago the corporation of antwerp used to spend a thousand pounds a year in getting rid of the refuse of the town whereas now they sell their street sweepings and sewage for forty thousand pounds some years ago when english miners from cornwall arrived in chile 
they were astonished to find the natives throwing away as useless the copper pyrites which they knew to be so valuable this being the common form in which copper ore is found in cornwall but the chileans were so certain that it contained no copper at all that they not only laughed at the ignorance of the english but sold them their richest veins for a few dollars then again the cinders from the old furnaces were thrown away as utterly useless and it was actually found worth while to transport them to england where by stamping and washing particles of copper were recovered in such abundance as to amply repay the purchasers soda ash or sodium carbonate is a substance manufactured in england on an enormous scale and used for glass making soap making bleaching and various other purposes formerly it was prepared from barilla i e the ashes of sea plants but now it is obtained from sea salt or sodium chloride which is a compound of the metal sodium with chlorine gas in making soda ash sulphuric acid is poured upon the salt and the sulphur combining with the sodium forms sodium sulphate or salt cake which is the first step in the manufacture but what becomes of the chlorine it unites with the hydrogen of the acid footnote all true acids contain hydrogen and footnote forming hydrochloric acid gas or spirits of salt which passes away in the shape of a white smoke that is to say it would so pass away if it were allowed to escape and it did pass away at one time to the annoyance and injury of all who lived near the factories for the fumes are very powerful and not only destroyed trees and grass and every green thing in the neighbourhood but ruined the farmers and gardeners for some distance then taller chimneys were built to carry the fumes higher up and so they did but the gas was not destroyed and simply came down again a little farther off than before but with equally disastrous effects this kind of thing of course could not be allowed to go on and the next plan tried was turning the gas into the canals where it was speedily absorbed by the water but then there soon arose another outcry for the people who owned barges complained that the gas made the iron rivets and nails come out of their boats finally instead of being allowed to pollute the air or the canals the gas was collected in a small quantity of water and the alkali works act was passed compelling the manufacturers to condense it all and not suffer any to escape and then it was discovered that this noxious matter might be converted into a valuable servant hitherto the only way of bleaching known had been by means of the sun and air but now chlorine gas was found to be a very powerful bleacher and was made to do the work instead Quote, by passing hydrochloric gas and air together over heated copper sulphate end quote, the hydrogen of the one unites with the oxygen of the other to form water and the chlorine is set free being wanted however in the form of a solid not a gas it is sent into lime with which it forms the well-known bleaching powder chloride of lime also much used as a disinfectant which is worth seventeen pounds a ton two hundred thousand tons of common salt are annually consumed in great britain for the preparation of nearly the same weight of soda ash of which the value is about two million pounds 
and more than a thousand tons of impure hydrochloric acid are produced every week in south lancashire alone during the process all of which was until of late years not merely wasted but allowed to be positively destructive the sulphur used in the process is still a waste product and from its bad smell is a great nuisance but no doubt in time some use will be found for this also another waste product which at present is allowed to be a general nuisance is the unconsumed carbon which escapes from our chimneys in the shape of finely divided soot or smoke the weight of soot in the air on a winter day in london is estimated by dr siemens at fifty tons while of poisonous carbonic oxide there are five times as much and the two together quote, destroy public monuments waste life sight and cheerfulness end quote, and deprive us of so much warmth mills furnaces factories bakehouses etc are now obliged to consume their own smoke and all that is needed in private houses is some means of subjecting the smoke to heat sufficient to consume it before allowing it to enter the chimney it is said that smoke is a great disinfecting agent in populous towns and as such it may be considered useful but the same end might surely be attained in a civilized community by other means without involving the present drawbacks of wasted time smarting eyes injured bronchial tubes and defaced buildings and what a wonderful difference it would make to the spirits of londoners in general to say nothing of the unfortunate artists if the air were clear the sun allowed to shine upon them whenever he would and they themselves freed from the necessity of waging an incessant and more or less hopeless warfare with blacks nature consumes her own smoke why should not we certainly the man who contrives to banish it from our towns and cities will deserve all the fortune he may be able to make out of it soot we may remark is looked down upon by dust nevertheless in addition to what we pay to be delivered from it soot is worth about sixpence a bushel or a bushel of soot is reckoned equal in value to a quartern loaf its chief value as a manure arises from the sulphate of ammonia it contains but the notion that the soot obtained from kitchen chimneys is superior to any other owing to the fatty matters mixed with it does not seem to have anything to warrant it grass which is manured with soot assumes a brighter green and is much relished by cattle at one time it was exported to the west india sugar plantations and besides being applied to the soil it is used for the manufacture of the brown colour called bister and for the colouring matter of paper hangings wood soot is said to be useful in hysteria and whooping cough if we cannot at present collect and make use of the refuse which pollutes the air we are at all events less helpless in the matter of that which accumulates in the streets though even here our arrangements are far from perfect street dirt or slop as it is technically called when drained of its moisture is sent off in barges to the brickmakers who live a few miles out of london they pay nothing for it and even receive it carriage free because the contractor is obliged to get rid of it in one way or another and there is no one on the spot to take it off his hands 
though in the country the farmers would be glad to pay for it and fetch it at their own expense to put on the fields most of the street manure is now separated from the other sweepings being collected by boys who dodge in and out among the horses and vehicles with great agility but of all people on the face of the earth the most thrifty in the matter of dealing with refuse certainly seem to be the chinese who waste not a scrap of any sort and cultivate every inch of ground as indeed they have every need to do considering the millions for whom they have to provide food thrifty they are but nice they are not either in the original or acquired meaning of the word at least in european eyes and the odours which pervade their towns are terrible they have no drains and sewage and filth of all descriptions together with every bit of organic matter which cannot be used for food even by a chinaman are put into the large tubs which stand along each side of the street at intervals of a few feet the contents are used for manuring the fields and no chinaman it is said thinks of returning home from an expedition to the town without filling the buckets which he carries slung at each end of a bamboo chinese barbers sell the hair of which they relieve their customers for manure and a celebrated london barber told mr buckland that though now obliged to burn the cuttings of hair to get rid of them when he was an apprentice in a country town the sweepings of the shop were allowed to him as his perquisite and he was in the habit of selling them at sixpence a bushel to a farmer who said that the land thus manured with hair required nothing more for three years in london where people keep their hair short it would take a long time to collect a bushel of clippings but country customers often have long locks to part with human hair by the by is the strongest fibre known and a rope made of it was shown in the japanese court of the international exhibition in eighteen sixty two the finest tresses used by hairdressers for making up into plaits wigs etc come from the sisterhoods and paris seems to be the headquarters of the trade as much as a hundred and forty thousand pounds being sold there in the year many years ago peddlers who went about the country in larger numbers than they do now were in the habit of buying up hair and have induced many a village lass to part with her beautiful locks for a trifle one girl we know of allowed her luxuriant golden hair to be shorn off close to her head and was satisfied to receive in return a brass thimble and a reel of cotton in these days or rather a few years ago such hair would have been worth a good deal but to return to the subject of manure dried hop binds are found useful for this purpose as indeed one would expect and the shells of crabs and lobsters which accumulate in regular mountains where the canning business is carried on are ground to powder and applied to the soil with some success better than lobster shells however is the refuse of the fish trade large quantities of which are at present wasted and might be had for the mere cost of collecting as it is of little or no value in cleaning cod for salting and drying at least one half of the weight of the fish is thrown away to be food either for the gulls and other birds attendant on the fishermen or for other fishes if thrown back into the sea 
and as the French and Americans alone catch some three million hundredweights of cod between them, the refuse must be enormous. At least 50,000 tons of animal matter must remain too after the seals have been deprived of their oil and skins. On some of the North American coasts, the offal is simply burnt or thrown into the water as food for the baitfish. Some years ago, even the livers of the cod were of next to no value in Newfoundland, the people not having the necessary appliances for extracting the oil. But the arrival of Mr. Fox, an English chemist, soon caused them to rise in price, and he also made known the value of the heads, which till then had been thrown into the sea or upon the manure heap. Mr. Fox obtained from them a large quantity of superior isinglass as well as glue. At the exhibition of 1862, Monsieur Roard showed samples of fish manure from the Lawforton Isles, where he had collected heads and backbones, formerly wasted, and after drying them on the rocks in the wind and subjecting them to other processes, had reduced them to powder. He had also bought up the half-used livers, extracted the remainder of the oil, and converted the residue into manure. Boatloads of fish are often sold to put on the land at places on the coast, when the take happens to be unusually large and there is no other more remunerative market for it. Among the various kinds of refuse used as manure must be mentioned the damaged goods confiscated at many of the docks, which are buried until partly rotten before they are sold for this purpose. At the London docks, however, the goods are burnt and reduced to ashes, many tons of which are sold to the farmer. In the centre of these docks a fire is kept burning night and day, its chimney being known as the Queen's Tobacco Pipe and here are consumed all condemned goods, some of them damaged and unfit for food, but many of such value that it is deeply to be regretted that some more rational method of disposing of them has not been devised. Great loads of tobacco and cigars are burnt from time to time, and a similar fate on one occasion befell 13,000 pairs of French gloves while on another nine hundred Australian mutton-hams were condemned to the flames. These hams had been warehoused on their arrival, in the expectation that the duty on them would shortly be taken off, but they had to wait so long that they became damaged and were condemned as unfit for food. No doubt their ashes helped to enrich the fields, but the hams might have fed a large number of people, so that we can look at their consumption in this way only as a very wasteful proceeding. Even in their damaged state some were perfectly eatable, and many a slice was eaten by the man in charge of the furnace. Tea is now seldom burnt, having once set the chimney on fire, but cargoes of tea are sometimes condemned. Anyone walking down the Marlu Road in Shanghai will see on either side trays of old tea-leaves drying in the sun, and exposed not only to the dust, but to the attentions of the pigs, dogs, and children which play and walk about among them. Many tons of this Marlu mixture, as it is called, are made and exported, and some of it is occasionally seized in London and properly condemned for no one but the consignees could possibly grudge it to the fields. 
no doubt the waste from tomato canning went for manure until an enterprising american conceived the idea of turning it into tomato catsup from which he realizes handsome profits as he pays nothing for his material the wholesale houses are no doubt glad to be rid of it and to them he sends clean tubs to receive all the skins and parings the tubs are removed every day and the contents ground up fermented and flavoured jute refuse is another of the substances formerly considered fit only to rot and be applied to the soil whereas now it is mixed with flax hemp and silk and made into excellent paper and a somewhat similar history may be told of the cotton seed which was left to form offensive accumulations in some places and in others given in small quantities to the cattle or simply thrown away or used as manure throwing away and using as manure are terms by the by which very often though not always mean the same thing in the end but the cotton seed had a future before it and what was a nuisance in eighteen twenty four was valuable property some years later for in eighteen eighty one it was imported by england to the amount of two hundred and thirty two thousand one hundred and ninety nine tons the value of which was one million seven hundred and eighty three thousand one hundred and nine pounds it had been discovered in the meantime that cottonseed could be made to yield nineteen per cent of almost black oil and that the residue made good cake for cattle when refined the oil is not inferior to fine colza and is worth twenty nine pounds a ton but increases yet farther in value after it has made another journey this time to the olive growing districts of the south of europe where it is doctored and then reshipped to england as pure olive oil being almost tasteless as well as nearly colourless it is largely used for frying fish packing sardines etc the inferior part of the oil yields hard grease or stearin which is employed for soap making and the husk of the seed is useful in paper making as well as for cake cotton stalks are now turned to much better account than formerly a manufacturer of brooklyn new york having perfected and patented a machine for reducing to fibre any material of a fibrous nature this machine is now extensively worked in new york and the cotton stalk fibre originally intended for bagging is now found to be much too valuable and being almost like hemp is used for better materials the waste thrown out by the machine the sticks and chips from the stalk is more valuable as pulp for the manufacture of paper than any other substance yet discovered and when mixed with cotton seed makes nourishing food for cattle or good manure in america no doubt the supply of cotton stalks is abundant but in europe it would be a great boon to the manufacturers could they find some fibre which might be used with or instead of flax and attempts are being made in germany to utilize the nettle for this purpose nettle cloth is still the german name for muslin and nettle fibre was largely used in the olden days before the introduction of cotton as witness the nettle linen sheets and tablecloths used in scotland early in the present century and mentioned by the poet campbell what has been done once may be done again 
and if manufacturers could be found to buy the fibre or stalks no doubt many a waste piece of ground might be made to grow nettles with advantage for it is a crop which requires little care and is said never to fail cotton waste which used to be employed for paper-making is now made into wadding lamp-wicks common carpets and twine it is also used for cleaning machinery and is no longer burnt or thrown away even after it has served this purpose as was formerly the case for it has been found possible to clean it and both the cotton and the dirty oil with which it is saturated may be used again the lubricating oil used for machinery is also now regularly collected and cleaned while on the subject of oil we may mention that petroleum casks are collected by costermongers at fourpence apiece from the oil shops taken to the waterside and sold for reshipment to america among the other waste products from which oil is obtained may be mentioned grape seeds which though for the most part still wasted have been long used for this purpose in italy the levant and part of germany two casks of seeds yield thirty-three pounds of oil which when purified is equal to olive while the residue makes good soap and the refuse of the seeds is used as fuel the seeds are also valuable for fining and strengthening wine argal a crude variety of cream of tartar which forms a crust in wine vats and bottles is also obtained from grape skins and refuse grapes and from it is made tartaric acid which is largely used in calico printing as well as for making lemonade when the argol has been extracted the remaining refuse is made to yield gas and coke but there are still other sources of oil which must not be passed over orange peel of which enormous quantities are wasted i e cleared away with the street sweepings contains much oil which is easily expressed and often used for making soap and scent at some of the theatres and music halls where oranges are largely consumed by the audience the peel is collected and sold sawdust also yields oil as well as spirit oxalic acid charcoal and potash and from the oil and potash together soap is obtained immense quantities of sawdust are produced in the great sawmills of the united states canada and norway and except being used for packing for sprinkling floors and for smoking fish as litter for horses and for mixing with fish refuse as manure nothing more used to be done with it the sawdust is however much more valuable now that the various substances above mentioned can be produced from it and at one mill in norway two horses are constantly employed in removing it from nine hundred weights of sawdust over nineteen and a half per cent of grape sugar is obtained and from this brandy is manufactured but the paris cabinet makers have invented a way of using the sawdust itself by subjecting it to enormous pressure and intense heat they convert it into a solid mass which can take a brilliant surface and which they call bois durci or tough wood the dust of mahogany birch and rosewood is used for cleaning and dressing furs boxwood dust for cleaning jewellery 
and the shavings made in the shaping of cedar pencils yield otto of cedar wood in the proportion of twenty-eight ounces to the hundredweight the dust made by ivory turners is sold at sixpence a pound and when boiled down makes the finest and purest animal jelly ivory dust jelly was at one time a fashionable remedy in cases of weakness and mr buckland was of opinion that it only needed to be tried to convince people of its virtues there is at all events nothing objectionable about it which is more than can be said for the red currant jelly which as well as rum the americans are declared to fabricate from old boots dye wood residues that is wood shavings from which the best of the dye has been extracted give a solution which is useful for tanning and also to a certain extent for dyeing but the insoluble remainder was worth but a few shillings a ton and was in most cases thrown away the only use to which it could be put being to burn as fuel when mixed with tar refuse until a french chemist began to convert it into paper pulp rough kinds of grey and brown paper are also made from the shoots of hops left after the cutting down of the bines dried hop bines are a valuable manure and even the spent hops those which have been used in the making of beer are found when dried to make good litter and are said to improve the health of the horses the rest of the brewer's refuse namely the spent malt called draff or dreg being more than the cows could eat was in edinburgh thrown into the leaf until an outcry was raised against the practice when the brewers found that by pressing the draft into cake they could sell it to farmers at a distance and put sixty pounds a week in their own pockets during the cattle plague however it was again thrown on their hands and for a while they paid to get rid of it until it was found that by drying it could be converted into good food for horses glycerin is another of the now valuable waste products once looked upon as worse than useless and thrown away it is contained in most oils and fats both animal and vegetable and is formed during the process of soap making it is now largely used in medicine for the production of syrups etc for extracting perfumes making confectionery and as a preserver in the united states it is also used for charging gas meters two million pounds being thus consumed annually in conclusion a few words must be devoted to metal refuse and as the fashion of wearing crinoline periodically threatens to become general we may begin by mentioning that crinoline steels are an awkward kind of refuse with which no one cares to deal the chiffonniers reject them the dustmen do not like them and when the fashion was declining some years ago it is said that numbers were thrown into the streets of new york and other towns where they were not only a nuisance but dangerous both to foot passengers and horses yet enormous quantities of steel must be used in their manufacture and this of course could be melted down the monument to horace greeley the founder of the new york tribune is cast out of many thousands of pounds of old type contributed by the printers of the united states the scrap iron or rather steel left over from needle-making being of the finest quality is used for making gun barrels the waste from the steel pens made in birmingham is sold to sheffield at ten pounds a ton 
the original price having been fifty or sixty pounds, and is there remelted. Steel filings are bought by chemists for the manufacture of steel wine. Old ship's copper and copper scraps of all kinds are first converted into oxide by heat, and then dissolved in sulphuric acid, forming sulphate of copper, which crystallizes in large blue crystals, and is commonly known as blue vitriol, which is largely used in calico printing and the manufacture of various pigments, such as shaler's green. Copper pyrites, or sulphide of copper, is used for the same purpose, and as small quantities of gold and silver are frequently associated with this ore, the residue from the pyrites kilns in vitriol factories is found to yield both these metals as well as copper. Gold and silver to the value of £3,232 have been obtained from 16,300 tonnes. Silver nitrate, or lunar caustic, as it is called when cast into sticks, is, as is well known, used in photography, and from defective pictures, clippings, sweepings and washings, one firm has recovered two bars of silver worth £44. A carpet which covered the floor of one of the rooms in the Mint of San Francisco for five years was, when taken up, cut in small pieces and burnt in pans, with the result that its ashes yielded gold and silver to the value of $2,500. From the silver found on the copper sheathing of a ship, it has been calculated that there must be about 200 million tons dissolved in the waters of the ocean, while of gold it is thought there must be one grain in every ton of water. Both these metals must, we suppose, have been carried into the sea by the rivers, but no practical way of recovering them has been invented. We have already noticed the large number of particles of steel and iron in the dust of railway carriages, but though less obvious, there must also be great quantities in the dust of our streets, worn from wheel tyres, horseshoes and the nails in our boots. Some day, perhaps, it will be found possible and profitable to extract this metal before the mud is sent off to farmers and brickmakers. In smelting impure ore, some other mineral is melted with it to form what is called a flux. Thus iron ore is melted with limestone, and the lime combining with the silica of the ore sets the iron free. The silicate of lime thus produced is called slag, and great hills of it are often to be seen in the neighbourhood of smelting furnaces. Sometimes it is crushed and used for concrete walls, but large quantities now lying idle might be employed for making by-roads, for foundations, macadamising, and as railway ballast. Of late, however, it has been applied to a novel purpose. Air is blown into it while it is in a molten state, and the effect is to draw it out into exceedingly fine fibres, as fine as the finest spun glass, and as soft as cotton. It is, in fact, a species of glass, though no one would guess it from its original appearance, and it is used for covering boilers. In the Sandwich Islands, the birds make their nests of a similar substance, made not by any artificial means, but by the great volcano, Mauna, which churns its molten lava so violently that the spray is dashed high in the air, and, cooling as it falls, forms threads of fine-spun green glass, 
called by the natives Pele's hair, which drifts away with the wind and hangs in masses about the trees and rocks. End of the World's Lumber Room A Gossip About Some of Its Contents by Selina Gay Recording by Ruth Golding, 2012 golding.wordpress.com